right, everybody. Welcome back for another hot week of Mega Sheen with Victor and Nick. Nick and Victor. Um, Nick, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, for the most part, <laughs> you know, I'll, was once we go on through these topics that we have, you know, I'll let my, my hair down, so to speak, my long, wavy 33 inches down and, you know, go in on some folks. Oh, uh, but we are joined by a special, a very special guest. Who do we have on the podcast today? Well, who do we have oh. today? Well, I, well, I'll <laughs> tell you. My name. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, hello. Hey. We have Jermaine uh, today. Oh. Yes. Now, if y'all don't know about Jermaine, Jermaine is Jermaine Design on Twitter. If y'all don't know, Jermaine is a very talented artist, activist, has done a lot for his community, um, is in charge of Hero Nation. Um, I you know it's just a lot of great things he has done, but recently what he's really done is got a lot of kids in 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 his community to go and see Black Panther for free, and made these great T-shirts that are raising money to really bring um, continue on the Comic Con that he has in his hometown, and also his art is amazing. Everybody, if y'all have not been seeing his art, he just did something great with Shuri. Which I was like, that is cute. I showed that to some of my students, and it was like, oh, is that a shirt? And I said no, and they was like, well, that's a shame. But anyway, <laughs> <coughs> so everybody, welcome Jermaine on our show today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. We are very glad for you to be here. So we have a lot of topics to get into, and there's a lot of mess to unpack. <laughs> So before we get to like the absolute shit, let's go, let's talk about the Oscars. So A, did anybody watch them? And B, what were your favorite moments? Um, I didn't watch the Oscars. I was, uh, I was working at the time, I, but I, I, my Oscar footage I got from Black Twitter and just retweeting and seeing the hot takes, but I, I didn't actually watch it. So yeah, I'm not really in, big, too big into award shows. I mean, I know there's they're significant in their own right, but uh, I didn't watch it yesterday. Same. I didn't watch it either. I was at a charity event and I was like, uh, let me try to somewhat pay attention to these people. <laughs> so let me get my wine and grab a corner now victor i know you're you did you watch it any of it i did this is the first time in 10 years i have watched it east coast time and that was hard um i got it i just got in um at the time so i was flying from burbank over to um dc and i got in just in time to watch it um now i did watch most of it um and I kind of skipped through some parts to get something to eat. But I did watch it. I, I thought that this was a... It looked different than what it has in the past. Um, a little more brightful and colorful. A little more different <clears throat> vibe. It felt like it was moving along faster. Even though it was still long. But it was moving a little bit faster. But I watched it. You know, I, I kind of wanted to see what the takes would be. Especially with some of the categories that we had. We had, you know, Logan was nominated. Um... Get Out was nominated. We uh, some um, Mary Jane Blige was nominated. So I wanted to see, 
Coco was nominated. I wanted to see what was going to, you know, happen if I was going to be surprised or not surprised. Some parts I was surprised. Some parts I was not. <laughs> but uh-huh. in all, um, it was it was cute. Um, again, I wouldn't watch the entire thing, but it was cute to see some of the things that were happening on the show. Yeah, I know Alice Janney won for Best Supporting Actress yes. for I, Tanya, and Jordan Peele won for uh, Best Original Screenplay. Yes. Uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, won for Best Picture, was it? Yes. But yeah, oh. for The Shape of Water. I think it was um, Now, who won for Best Actor? I didn't see that. Um, Gary Oldman. Oh, the one that was beating up his wife and... Okay, so. Okay. Well, that's alleged. You know how we have to treat things these days. Alleged, but. Well. You know how alleged goes, but. <coughs> yes, he. What won. he went for? Yeah. Uh, um. He was he was William Churchill. Oh fuck. Okay. Another yeah. another white person. <laughs> like okay, it's whatever. <laughs> I, you know, I just it seems like these Oscars. Well, not these particular Oscars, but Oscars in general. They were like, oh, we're so diverse. We're so this. We're so that. But yet, in the past 90 years, only 11 women of color have won for mm-hmm. the actress uh, categories. Only uh, 11? Really? Wow. I th- only 11. Shameful. Not surprising. Right. But you all want to tout and, you know pump your chest out and saying you're so diverse. I'm like, girl, okay, whatever. If it helps you sleep at night. The interesting thing was when they was doing the best actress, they always do like this, they were doing like these little mini categories where, you know, like when they used to do like Obama would sing a song, like they'll piece little words of him singing a song, you know, he's not singing it. They get they did uh-huh. something like that with the, all of the winners of the past and they had to put in Halle Berry twice <laughs> for best actress. And that was like that's a problem if you have to put her in twice, not for different movies, but for the same movie. And so um, that was very obvious, but it was also very clear that they do need to change that up. And also, what I would say is, it's time for them to kind of let some of these folks go when it comes to, you know, the award system. You know, all the stories we were seeing about, oh, I didn't see Get Out because I don't think that's a that's an Oscar movie or that's not a type of Oscar movie. And these are people who've been in here for like 40 years. I felt like, I thought they made up some new rule that they can, they, you know, there's only a time limit you had and you have to get out. But I feel like that it's time to start cleaning house, let people who've been in since 1970 to get out. If you were, if you are still, if you've been in the Academy since the 70s, it's time for you to go. Remove a decade each, each year. We, Remove a decade, every decade we move into. Yeah, I saw that comment from that older uh, Oscar voter who said that Get Out was a B-movie, a B-horror movie, and he didn't understand what it meant to be as far as the racism undertones. I'm like, well, girl, you wouldn't understand it because you're white. (laughs) Who was this person? I, it was an anonymous yeah, uh, Oscar movie. voter. They didn't uh, divulge oh, the name or whatever. Oh, that's what they got conversation with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was a lot. It was just doing the most. Yeah, a lot of these anonymous folks, and I was like, you know what? If y'all can't even, if you can't speak, you know, stand on what you're saying on your own foundation, then you should not even be there. 
So that's why I was like, it's time for you to go. If you got to be anonymous, you got to go. You got to go. They know, they know they're wrong. That's why they are anonymous. <laughs> they know they're wrong. So <laughs> they just still tell them on themselves. You know? sad. Same old, same old. Stand up to your fuck ass opinion. I mean, yeah. If you Might as well. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so let's oh, go ahead. So let's go on to this Okoye versus Wonder Woman mess. Alright. So <laughs> last oh. week last week, I don't know what happened on the nets, on the tweet, on on the Twitter world, but I'm gonna say it, y'all can come for me. Some of y'all <laughs> lost your minds. I don't know what was happening. You must have got underpaid that day. It, the coffee must have been late. You didn't masturbate. Something happened to where all of a sudden, folks were sitting up here just making up things. So somewhere in the morning, there was a tweet um, talking about how Akoye will beat Wonder Woman. Um, I think if she had no powers or something like that, she would beat her, wipe the floor with her, and all the black women would join in. Um, now, was that by Jamila Mel? Was that by her who started it first? I believe so. And which, which is interesting because I love Jamila's work, I, you know. But I was like, uh, everybody knows my issue is when you are a non-comic person speaking on comic things, that irks me to the utmost because it's like that's like me speaking on history, and I ain't read a lick of history books or nothing. But <clears throat> she said that. Backlash came quick, and interesting. It did come from black people because some people were like, mm, no, I don't know about that, um, or that's kind of a silly statement. Now, of course, there was some some bros that came in and said things, and some of them made sense, some did not. But I felt at the time when that was coming out, I was like, yeah, you kind of walked into that one because you have no idea about these about these characters. Now, I will say this because someone kept saying, well, if one woman didn't have her powers, I was like, hmm. Uh, me being a comic nerd if you looked at the time when she did give up her powers she was still a good powerhouse she was fighting Catwoman at one point and took her on really well she was very good in um, karate and kung fu and everything else at the time so I was like she probably would have still gave Okoye a good run for her money but overall Wonder Woman is an Amazon they they are ruthless Um, they were raised ruthless not chosen to be um, an Amazon, they just are. So therefore, that's something they are geared to at birth. Now, the Dolomage are not, if I'm correct, and please correct me, they're not born into that. That is something that they kind of get into a little bit later. So that's why I think there might be a slight difference. But I want to hear y'all opinion on it. What did y'all think when y'all saw that? And what do y'all think would happen? Uh, Jimmy, you want to go today? You want to go first? <laughs> Why don't you go ahead, Nick? Go ahead. Okay. Um, okay, so Diana, Princess of Themyscira, is a demigod. Yes. She would have no problem fighting one, five, or ten Dornalages. That being said, if you saw Justice League Unlimited, Diana was taking on Vixen, Hawk Girl. <laughs> Huntress and Black Canary had no problems. But the biggest thing I saw was like, why would they even be fighting? That's why I was like, why are we even doing this? 
This is why I said people lost their minds all of a sudden. I was like, why are we doing this? Like, they would have no beef except to get some men out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I thought it was... uh... Oh, go ahead. Nick, you were saying something. Oh, no, I'm I'm done. You can go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I mean, I agree. Uh, I think, you know, for some people it was a little bit deeper um, because, unfortunately... Uh, Wonder Woman, due to its the film's lack of representation for black women and its erasure of you know important black characters like Philippus, uh, has become a stand-in for white feminism. Which, as I've said previously, the film definitely did boast that uh, due to those things that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, for a lot of people, it any it, and Wonder Woman is not an exception. It's it, it just a part of that narrative because we're talking about superhero films. Uh, and it's it's interesting too because it came out, you know, I think right after the women's march, which the commentaries throughout surrounding that was that it was not intersectional. There was no inclusion, or rarely any inclusion of women of color, or in this case, black women. And then here comes Wonder Woman, supposed to be representing this film about you know intersectional feminism or all womanhood, but it, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, it's it mostly features uh, white Amazons and main in, in main roles or. Uh, the women of color that were in the, film, in the film were mostly decorations. Oh, hold on, there's like a child screaming in my hallway. My goodness. Anyways, <laughs> uh, everything's. I'm in the apartment complex. Sounds terrible. Okay. Anyways, um, but uh, yeah. So I think that uh, all that combined. Any, I, I saw this on Instagram like, like a week prior to it when it was on Twitter, and I I read the comments and I have kind of avoided you know having any input because I know exactly what this was about. Like I even saw sort of a similar image between Luke Cage and Superman. And of oh. course I have my opinions on that, but I know why the artists did what they did to make a point. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think it goes much deeper than, you know, because we know who would win or whatever, but it goes much deeper than that for a lot of people, which I do understand that perspective. Yeah. The same thing, you know, I know we're going to talk about this and with the other uh, the other piece of the other, another artist did with Black Panther and Diana, uh, which Yes, similar, but, you know, sort of different. But I do understand where people are coming from, even though I don't agree with the whole, in, in regards to the comic book discussion that, you know, uh, Okoye will win. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting fight, sure. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I'm sure we can all agree as we, we have on the outcome of that. Yeah. And I also want to, you know, again, as the comic nerd, I kind of want to remind people that uh, if you remember when they uh, when they did the Dark Side um, cartoon, um, I can't think of the name of the movie, but it was right when the Supergirl when Supergirl came and um, got seduced by uh, oh uh, Batman Superman Apocalypse. Yes. Yes. And so we also saw Diana take on the Furies, and that battle. Oh my God, that was amazing! Ah, <clears throat> yeah, yes, <laughs> it's incredible. So, yeah, it was for me. It's always like I need for y'all. When you come into arguments, especially coming with me, when you come into arguments, make sure you have these pieces ready because I always I feel like I have them ready, and not as fast as some others. Some people are faster than me, but I'm just saying that just have those ready because I, I don't I, my goal and like this, I tell this to everybody I'm not trying to shame or make anybody feel horrible, but I feel like if you're going to make that argument, be ready to to prove your point and. We'll jump into the part about the Diana and Black Panther because I that to me I was blindsided by how that went awry. Now, um, 
that was interesting because that's an artist that I that I kind of know, and we both follow each other. Um, Luciano, I think I'm saying his name wrong, but he normally has done great type. He does wonderful art um, where he does celebrate people of color, queer people. Um, he even made us a, a nice um, love is love story about being Wonder Boy um, and with the experience where you know I, the couple was at was at the shooting. Um, at Pulse, and then he was inspired to become Wonder Boy or what have you. Um, and done some great work, and so he drew a picture of Diana and um, T'Challa doing the, the greet. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I reposted, I said, this is great. I mean, I know Luciano's work. Um, and I was like, this is great, this is beautiful. All of a sudden, I remember I came back, like, I think I woke up in the middle of the night, and I just checked Twitter, and there was just all these attacks. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm not under I, at the at the time I did not understand it because I was like, to me, it's very clear that they both do similar um, greets, but they also both represent um, the, the breaking the myths of women can't make can't sell big movies, or or superhero women cannot make big you know big profits in movies, as well as black heroes cannot you know go sell well overseas. So I looked at that as like, this is a point that is making. And also, um, they're doing the Greek, which is funny because when I saw uh, Black Panther with my friends, a lot of them kept saying, oh, they're doing the, you know, the Wonder Woman Greek. Again, that's something that we've always known. But it was interesting to see how people were saying, like, you know, how he's, she's co-opting um, black women and all this. And I was like, I don't know. And I kept sitting there like, I don't know if I'm not seeing it. I'm trying to see it. And I and Jermaine, you and I had conversations with people who were coming out of everywhere, you know, trying to explain it. And I, you know, Jermaine is nicer than me. I'm more like, no, I'm very like, no, I'm just like, I don't know who you are, what you're trying to say, but this is totally wrong. Jermaine was really nice and say, I understand where you come from, even though I disagree. And I was like, no, I just disagree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that um, ultimately, uh, you know, because I wanted every, everyone, of course, is allowed to their opinion, and I, mm -hmm. even though I may have disagreed with, uh, or I, before I came to my own conclusion, because I, I had an idea of what I thought it was, but yeah. I was definitely willing, willing to hear out what you know the other people had to say. In this case, it was black women, and of course, their opinion uh, matters to me very, very much so. Um, and so, some of the feedback that I saw, as you said, was that uh, some people felt it was co-opting. Black Panther through that using that gesture mm -hmm. and through its exclusion of the Dorma Laje, which I believe should have been in in that illustration instead of Wonder Woman. Um, and you know, still I, I'm a bit confused by that because I just thought that well maybe that was his like it's, it's fan art. Maybe he created a scenario himself where he wanted to include Diana and um, and Black and T'Challa in, in this picture, yeah. and that's okay. Uh, but because I again going back to what I said earlier, because Wonder Woman itself, uh, the film erased, uh, you know, didn't or didn't have any agency for a lot of women characters outside of Diana, or yeah. especially women of color. Uh, there's a lot of ill feelings towards the movie, or even more so now the character, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And even though I did not like Wonder Woman, uh, I when I saw the, the poster, I didn't think about the film per se, or, yeah. or I didn't like it of the film i liked it because i know what wonder woman is supposed to represent so when i saw that the gesture the both characters using the gesture um it, it to me was like a form of solidarity yeah. because wonder woman even outside of uh 
Gal Gadot playing her or whoever. She represents, uh, you know, feminism in, in the most inclusive way, or she's supposed to represent that at least with the Amazons, you know, coming from around the world, representing different cultures, you know, things of that sort. Yeah. Uh, and and they live in a very isolationist society, you know, and same thing with Black Panther. Uh, they have very similar things, but they're also drastically, drastically different, but they uh, can also be uh, potentially just as radical, which to me, Black Panther, the film, was. Yes. Uh, in ways that I thought Wonder Woman was not. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I, I understand why people were, uh, really to, to a degree, I understand why people were angry about yeah. that or upset because they felt some type of way about the movie itself. So uh, even though I may not agree, uh, but I'm definitely here to listen yeah. and to, uh, you know, to participate in that conversation. Yeah, and, and like you, I, you know, I... I was open. I'm open to hearing the conversation. I was like, I still don't know where people are getting it from, but I was, you know, to again as a comic book nerd, I looked at it like I instantly saw like this is a solidarity piece, but I was very kind of bothered by people talking about saying things like, how dare you know she steal his his greet, and I'm like, mm. and that's why I was posting things like, y'all know she's been doing this greet for over forty years, like this is not new. Um, but what my whole my whole thing was like, I understand that some people are angry, great, but really check that anger to make sure that you're still coming out making sense. That's my whole thing. Like, yes, be upset about that because I totally agree. Wonder Woman could have been better in making sure that women were presented as well as making uh, more women of color more present in the movie. That could have been done a little bit better. Uh, however take that anger and really make sure you're you're channeling in the right way don't let it come out to where you kind of looking like boo boo the flu at the end kind of make sure that you do have your facts together because i felt like people were just reacting and not really thinking about what they were saying so, you know i i will say too that uh i don't <laughs> think that i think i might have seen this too that people attack the artist directly i don't agree with that yeah. uh because i don't think you know that was his intention i, I don't yeah. think that personally and so to attack the artist for simply posting these characters together yeah. doing this, a similar pose and he when he created the context for this art uh, i don't i don't think that's the right thing to do you could maybe ask questions to, to yeah. clarify what his intentions were but i don't think it's the sort of art to what i mean it's not like he depicted diana standing on the child's neck or okoye's that's <laughs> that would be something else entirely yeah. then i can you know yeah. understand it someone you know going directly to the artist but in this case i don't think that was the right thing to do yeah and i'm glad you brought that up because what also bothered me was they did attack him really quick now and that's why i posted um clearly you don't know anything about his art and i posted his art because he again he has celebrated people of color. He's made sure that that has always been at the forefront. Um, knowing him through Twitter and through other parts of his art world, he always talks about how he wants to really push people of color and celebrate women of color and celebrate heroes of color, as well as queer people of color as well in his art. So that's why I was sitting here going, you know, be, me being, you know, being ratchet, I was like, y'all, come on, y'all not even Googling the man. Like, if you're going to go after him, Google him first and see what you can actually have an argument. But it was very clear that some people didn't even do that. And that's why I was like, look at his art, everybody. This man is not, we don't know, like, anybody can be racist, but I don't think he is racist. I don't think that what he was doing was racist. And I, and again, yeah. I, I always will say that, you know, take a moment and kind of clear through your anger before you respond. And that's hard for me to do sometimes. But people just do that so at the end of the day, 
because Twitter is forever unless you erase it. <laughs> but uh, just keep in mind when people see things like that, that's going to always come back at you. And I feel a little bad now because I think some of the people that I was chatting with who were I was against or I didn't really go with their opinion, I see that they got not attacked, but people came back at them with the same things. And I was like, this is why I didn't really want to happen. But now I realize like this is why you need to check yourself because they will people will remind you of what you said and what you did. Oh yeah, people. <laughs> it's scary, and it's interesting too that people uh, keep tabs on your tweets from like years ago. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, let me double check and make sure that I'm saying what I'm supposed to say, uh, mm. and that let me. I, I, I'm speaking with absolute clarity because you can have, like you can you know be doing something five years from now, and people be like, oh, but you remember when you was problematic and you said this. <laughs> well, we ain't forget. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh see, God. here's the thing. What had happened was yeah. I, I've grown, I've experienced. What is yeah. that growth? You know. What I'm saying, yeah. so um, I, yeah, I definitely, yeah, you gotta be careful with that. So, yeah, and be ready because now I'm, I'm ready because I feel like that you know, if uh, anything happens, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna say, you know what, I can't lie about it. I said what I said, and I take and I'm sorry, like that. I'm just ready for that, which is interesting because I feel like as we go along right. with more of our topics, <laughs> get caught, honey, yes, <laughs> some people. Mm -hmm. mm. Well, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, moving on in our Aunt May's tea, Mama <laughs> Brown. Wait a minute. Know. Wait, what? <laughs> Aunt May's tea? Yes, that's the you know the that's, that's our little. Yeah, I just, I just think it's hilarious. That's funny. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so moving along. So Karamo Brown, you all know him. He was on, yes. I think he was on Real World, yes. and then now he's on this uh, queer queer <laughs> eye uh, on Netflix. So he was doing an interview with a uh, Gay Times uh, magazine out of UK, and they asked him as far as uh, the the, uh, the conversation was going along as far as Pride events and whatnot. Him saying that oh, there's too much sex there that we need to cover up that uh, and basically I'm uh, paraphrasing here that this is exactly what they expect us to do and that we can't take children to this and all this and pride needs to be more political and it's not a fuck fest and all this jazz. Okay. Now, personally for me, I agree with a little bit of what he says. However, queer culture present a sense of sexual freedom. And if that means that you want to be naked or wear a thong, tromping down the parade route or what have you, or go to an orgy or do this, that, and a third, but then, hey, sis, that's your business. Mm -hmm. But don't demonize and don't say that, oh, you're giving everybody else a bad name, because that's very eerily sounds like a black person telling another black person, oh, you shouldn't talk this way or you shouldn't act this way because you're giving us other niggas a bad name because that's what that sounded like to me what are y'all's opinions on his comments okay well i'm gonna sound like like the old auntie here because i when i read his comments i didn't i, I didn't too much disagree this is why this is why i'm saying this 
Um, Because I've always been saying that ever since I started going to more big city prides. um, Living in Los Angeles, our pride parades, I've always believed that they were always very white and very sexualized. So I do kind of see what he's saying. That when we are trying to celebrate our history and everything else, it's a part of our history. And but I don't know how much longer we need to keep holding on to that sexual freedom because we're we're past that time. And what I'm saying is, it's no longer we're no longer a secret. We're kind of out there. We're everywhere. We're everywhere now. So I feel like that we don't always have to use. That sexual revolution is a crutch. I think now we've we moved on. We're doing other things. I think it's time for us to evolve when it comes to that. Now I've been in I've been in both New York City Pride and I've been in LA Pride before. I think it's time for us to really take a message somewhere. And I and I say that because I remember when I first marched in the New York Pride way back in the early two thousands, we marched right after J.L. King released that book about being on the download. Um, and our point was to say that we are black men, we are not on the download. And when we did that, it was just that it was just the outpouring from black people who were at the parade that was happy to see us present. Then when I marched here at the King Parade here in Los Angeles, we marched as the first one of the first LGBT groups to do that as being here to stay black black and black and gay here to stay we march with um, a lesbian group and a trans black trans group as well and we was doing that on the Martin Luther King um, holiday and marching as a black unit unit that was something that actually spoke to a lot of people who may not have been comfortable and I felt like at that time we were actually sending a message of positivity and um, evolution and growth and change seeing that I realized that there is something you can do more when it comes to these pride parades yes you can still have the go-go boys and all that good stuff but I feel like that we could evolve a little bit more um, to where we can, we can kind of change that up I do think we should look at it uh, making more of a political statement about things when we are doing those parades um, but I do think we can Evolved from what we've been doing. I, I I don't say get rid of it, but just be aware of it and evolve to what we're doing a little bit more to celebrate the diversity and inclusion within our communities and not just the sexual parts of our community, if that makes sense. Mm. So I'm going to speak from the experience of, uh, of someone who's only been to one Pride event in his entire life. Uh, and that was last year. I, like I am just now getting more into um, experimenting, you know, LGBTQ culture. Uh-huh. Um, and the, that Pride event that I went to was here in my in my city. Um, it was uh, kids there, adults, every gay churches, whatever. Uh, we had performance, drag performances. We had food. We had you know vendors. It was a, it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, this is, it's a lot to unpack what he said, because it, it, it implies so much. Because yeah. um, I feel like this also leads into a conversation about the sexualization of gay men. Uh, what it, what does that mean for us? Uh, I think he said in the comment, maybe I read it somewhere else, where uh, because, you know, we, we our coming out is often late. 
we express that through a form of sexual liberation, like when we when we were up in age, because because we come out a little later in life, and mm-hmm. so that's that's how it is for some of us. Not all of us, of course, but uh, and I feel like if that's you know your way of expressing that, that's that's powerful. That's you. That's uniquely you. That you know, there should be nothing wrong with that. Um, but I am. I, I don't know. Um, I, I part of me also wants to say, well, maybe this is because of my, my ignorance of how pride events really work, but uh, it, would it be possible if you could, uh, there, there'd be another pride event that you can take that's more kid-friendly that you can go to instead of the one that you, you're referring to? Or, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Cause I don't want to tell people not to do things. Yeah. Like, that. That for, for me, I don't like take, taking agency away from people, uh, even though I understand what he was trying to say yeah. uh but at the same time i do understand uh so i'm thinking back to me as a child if i was to go to a pride event what would i need um and so but i think you know there are different pride events out there even though i have, haven't been to a lot who that are more family friendly too uh like any other sort of event so i i, I don't know what do you yeah i don't know i know the one here uh, the one that i go to every year it's more family friendly um so much so that each drag queen, their song has it doesn't have to be any cussing in it. And if there is any cussing in it, then they'll just stop it and tell you to get off stage. Oh, um, oh that's so, we, <laughs> yeah. so there's and there's granted there's some people walking around and you know less than revealing clothes, but I don't think it's to the effect where as people are just fucking on stage or you know running around getting head in the bathroom or whatever. It's not that. It's not like a, a West Hollywood parade <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, and even so, though, yeah, that's toned down too a little bit. Um, the 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 thing that Cromo said that I, I, the, I it's, it's interesting because he has the same notion as I do when it comes to this. When I think of black parades, you don't see it when it's stuff like that, like the Martin Luther King Pride Parade or whatever. It's it's all positive celebration type of stuff, and I always look at you know parades that are celebrating culture that way, very prideful. But then you look at some Latino ones, and and you know, and, and they're very prideful in there, but they're doing a lot of dancing and things. Sometimes because of the culture, they may be dressed a different way. That some people who don't understand their culture would be like, that's inappropriate. But it's like, no, that's part of their culture, and that's the same thing with you know, we think of you know Caribbean you know prides or Caribbean um, parades or. You think of carnival and stuff like that too. They may think, "Oh my God, what is that?" It was like, "Well, that's their culture." Um, so a part of me is like, I can see where that is our culture, but I again, I I wouldn't say get rid of it, but I would say that let's look at it carefully and look at it to where a part of me will say, "What are we accomplishing with what we're doing here?" And if it's something that you think is accomplishing something, then okay. But if you think it's something that is just frivolous then let's think twice about it like if we have a a bank that's having a bunch of scantily clad men dancing back and forth i'll probably be like i don't know if we even need you to be on this float (laughs) but okay but i would rather have a group that is saying hey we are la inclusive you know showing more of a, a diverse la a diverse queer community in la than i would want to see i would actually if that if i had to switch I would choose that over a boat full of those boys. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, then too, um, uh, I think there's also a conversation to be had about what do we expose 
children too uh, when it comes to sexuality or, or, or talking or having conversations about sexual liberation yeah. uh, because our education system is already uh, it already just shorthands us when it comes to sex yeah. uh, and what it is and what orientation is so uh, maybe for some kids going to a private event may be their first exposure to that sort of idea of sexual liberation uh, so what would that look like for you know how or how would that how 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 can that be more kid friendly? And of course, isn't isn't to say that all pride events should be that way. Again, there should be a space for everything. I think um, I, I don't want to force anyone to just to conform because they feel like they have to or whatever. It really depends on the context too. But uh, if we are to talk about having sexual liberation present or or it displayed at these pride events uh, or more sure family friendly pride events, what would that look like for? You know, what would that look like? With just people in bikinis or whatever? I mean, I, I'm not, I don't agree that we should have uh, anything hanging out or, you know, having sex on stages or whatever, but mm -hmm. certainly not that, but at, at least at a family friendly event. Mm -hmm. But uh, what do you guys think? What would that look like for uh, uh, at a family friendly pride? I mean, there are places where you can just go out and have sex on the stage. I've seen them, they've been passing through on my Twitter. Uh, my timeline, so mm -hmm. there's that. <laughs> well, that I mean, what's those things like? That's like false. What, what those things be? Oh, go ahead. What you say, Victor? No, I was just saying that's like Falsum, um, the Falsum stuff, the the Dore Alley. You know, that's just like in San Francisco. That's really right a thing. But that's but that's not on. necessarily yeah. a well. It's not a set in stone this is a pride festival yeah. you know what i mean yeah. so right. like a pride festival to me you know we'll have like a well typically they have a parade and they'll have drag shows and you know they'll have different vendors and whatnot and there's food and then that's it that's honestly after going to them for i don't know five plus years i'm kind of like just have my baby perform get some food and we can bounce <laughs> You know, that's all I'm there for. And granted, you know, prior to you have like the, the spectrum of the people that just came out and versus the people that have been out for like over 40 years. So pride means different things to different people. And I can't mm -hmm. I can't tell somebody, you know, oh, pride should be this and it should be only this, you know, like you, what you said earlier. So. I don't know. Pride looks different to each person. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But keep in mind mm -hmm. that I think the past couple of years there have been um, demands that pride change to be more political. And I think when we look at the new generation, they that's what I'm saying. They're not looking at it as sexual revolutions the same way as we did or the people before us did. They're like, well, I'm already out now. I came out when I was eight. You know, they, they have this new freedom to where it's not the sexual revolution to them is like okay well and plus we also are struggling with people even want to even recognize our queer history now so we're dealing with a new group or a new wave of thought that we do need to move away from that so I, I see where Karamo is coming from because it's working with a lot of the, the, the LGBT youth now and so uh -huh. to them they're looking at it like yeah why are we doing this we could have a whole 
drag float everybody doing beyonce you know what i'm saying we, we this new generation <laughs> is looking at things so differently than we are now so that's why i'm saying that it is time for us to maybe evolve because it's like you know this generation did not come out they don't come out late anymore they coming out at eight <laughs> coming out as young as it's five you know you know some of them coming out trans some of them coming out as gay or coming out you know asexual what have you they're all coming out at different things at an earlier age so they're experiencing a lot of these things schools are more you know, sat well not as equipped as they need to be but more equipped to deal with more gay teens now so it's getting to a place where i do feel like that sexual revolution piece is is is, is shrinking and the political statements or the the statements of what pride is is changing as well if that makes any sense hmm. well you know it's a <laughs> a complicated issue yeah. and you know everybody's going to have an opinion on what they feel that pride should be yeah i have a random question nick where are you from oh um kentucky <laughs> you have a country accent. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can have some, I can come over to your house and get some greens, cornbread, right. I mean, mac and cheese. Like, you, I'm like, wait you a minute. Oh. You sound, you sound so, so hospitable. I just, you know, I have to say something about that. Like, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I but, came on and I felt warmed and welcome. I felt yeah. Listen, yeah. about to lay on some mammy titties. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> so let's let's get into this because this is gonna be long. All right. So RuPaul's Drag Race, the last episode was on last week, and the the. Queens that were eliminated came back. So that was Morgan, Morgan McMichaels, Milk, Chi Chi Devane, mm-hmm. uh, I know I missed it, Thorgy, and Aja. So right from the get-go, everybody wanted to lay out their grievances and lay down their burdens to talk about, oh, why did you eliminate me, and yada, yada, yada. So off top, Thorgy sounded bitter. Um... Milk sounded delusional per usual. <laughs> it's like, girl, like, d- do you not get it? And I think just because she's, granted, she's attractive as a male when she's not in drag. And that led to, <clears throat> that led to experiences outside of drag, you know, because she was in a Mark Jacobs ad. She's done this, she's done that, yada, yada, yada. But, girl, if a black queen was to do your kind of drag, then she would be red. But if a white queen does that kind of drag that you're doing, it's, it's, oh, what's the word? It's hip, it's modern, it's a new take on drag. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a black queen or any kind of queen of color couldn't do that because she would be seen as, like, what the fuck are you doing? Just get you a nice dress or a cat suit and be done with it. Stop trying to be different. You know, that type of bullshit. And I've seen a lot of queens do that. I've, I've seen a lot of fans say that. Um, so, you know, there's that. So everybody had a uh, shit to get off their chest, especially Aja, because she thought that BB should have given her some kind of credit for sewing the her disco outfit, helping her sew her disco outfit. BB's response, which was valid, that wouldn't have saved you from 
being eliminated, you would have still went home. So me saying something or not saying something defeats the is the is irrelevant to the situation. You still would have gone home. And Aja had her nose turned up about that. It was just a lot of bullshit, honestly. But it was kind of cute. It was kind of good to see everybody uh, get their feathers flustered a little bit. So the challenge, the main challenge was they had to do two groups, two um, Spice Girls-esque groups. Mm-hmm. And the queens that were still in the competition won, which I thought was, eh, I thought the, the remaining the returning queens kind of beat them. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, the bottom of the queens was uh, Kennedy. It was, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this wrong. Did you all see the episode (laughs) while I'm thinking? I, I kind of missed most of it. Because that See, was that was the scandal night. That was the scandal and what you call it night. How to get away with, uh, uh, with how to get away with scandal episode. Yeah, crossover. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I am not in the loop when it comes to drag culture or drag race. So you guys have to paint the picture for me because I have not seen an episode in a very long time. So, oh my goodness! But I, <laughs> <laughs> I am all ears. Please yeah. enlighten me. I'm, I'd love to hear what y'all have to say. Oh, child! I... <laughs> so yeah, the bottom three were. Um, it was crap. I lost my train of thought. It was Shangela. Kennedy. And I don't think BB was. Morgan? Um, was it? M- well, Morgan had already been eliminated. Okay. Anyway, I'm losing my train of thought, y'all, but bear with me. Anyway, <laughs> so BB and Ben do the lip sync. Mm-hmm. Ben wins. Yes. And Ben brings back. This is a, also a point. The group that won, the winner of the challenge, was going to bring one of the returning girls back to the competition. So Ben wins, brings Morgan back to the competition, and then she eliminates herself. Which I thought was a crock of shit, to be honest. But Ben said, like, but didn't Ben yeah. say it because they basically didn't want to be put in that situation to send anybody else home? Well, girl, you knew what you were signing up for anyway, right? <laughs> you knew that this was a competition. You knew that you had to send folks home, and you knew that it was going to be tough. If you didn't want the gig, then you shouldn't have signed the contract, number one. And number two, now is you looking as holier than thou that, oh, I didn't really need this. Uh, I didn't need this money or this crown. And she said something to, like, to the effect like, oh, these girls need it more than me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so, girl, what do you mean by that? That you too good for us or... You t- you better than this competition? Well, didn't you have to come back a second time? That just rubbed me the wrong fucking way. And that made me look at her as... Like, girl, you was already going to win. You had, like, five of the six challenges. So why you just take yourself out of the competition? Because he's like, oh, I've, I've won too much. Who does that? 
Who knows? Oh, that stuff like some tea. Let me get my straw. It was funny because I was like, okay, y'all are doing way too much. And I think it's funny how they think they're better than the other ones. And I'm always like, none of y'all are Jennifer Hudson. None of y'all have, you know, didn't win and then turned out and won an Oscar. None of y'all are at that level yet. So y'all need to kind of have a seat, appreciate each other, uplift each other. And continue on with the competition. Like I don't know why they, yeah, I don't know why they get that way when they get off the stage. It's more like, well, I don't, well, I didn't need this anyway, or uh, right. I'm like, okay, girl, yes, your booking fee has increased to like, I don't know, three thousand dollars, and you get a hotel room too. No, oh, good. Now you got it. Now you can get travel the world. You can do this, that, and the third. I guess that's what the the prize is uh, in the in anyway. So Ben goes home and Morgan comes back into the competition and everybody's crying and what the fuck just happened? And Rue's even like, I don't think Rue knew that she was going to do that because Rue, RuPaul looked genuinely confused. That's just like, I let you into this competition and I pegged you that you could win it and you were winning it. So why all of a sudden you just say, you know what? I'm done. You know, this is, I've won, she said, I've won already. So I'm like, okay. Okay. Mm. So that was the episode. And apparently, I think they're supposed to be finishing up the episode. It's finishing up the season this week. And there's already, there's still like five bitches left. And the next season, season 10, is supposed to start the 22nd mm-hmm. of March. So this is a quick turnaround. Uh, but you know we're always going to live tweet it with our friends over at Black Girl Nerds. Yeah. Thursday, eight o'clock. And he used the hashtag drag y'all. Yeah. The only drag news we got to go over. <laughs> so RuPaul. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, let me hold on. Let me crack my knuckles right quick because. Okay, wait, RuPaul wait, 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 has what, been. What does really your knuckles? Yes. Oh my God! Look at you! Oh my God! Oh my God! Yeah, I. That's funny to me, and I, I am, I'm always like curious, like I don't know, popping knuckles. Like, how do y'all do that? I think that would just hurt. I just, it just, I thought it was like a, a, a water bottle. I thought you was joking, <laughs> but you serious? Right, yes. You know I'm old. I'm, I got old hands. Oh, oh anyway. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> so RuPaul was talking about, um, I think she was doing an interview. And it went to the conversation of letting transgender, post-op transgender women enter the competition. Know that she went on this thread about how trans women aren't this or that, but she said a lot of derogatory comments towards trans people in the past, and a lot of people have called on her bullshit. And a lot of people have said, you know, you say this, you say that, but yet you want us to lo- say love. If you can't love yourself, how the hell you don't love each other? Yada, yada, yada. But then you say this shit. And then even her own contestants that have been on the show, like Monica Beverly Hills, like uh, Jiggly Caliente, all have, that have 
going on to come out as trans women have saying you saying this shit as if and we're supposed to be looking up to you like what the fuck is that all about yeah and i'm like what are your thoughts about rue's comments um i thought it was uh uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, very out of hand, out of whack. I mean, it just, uh, and also reading historically what he said in like in the past, uh, I think he, uh, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, but he said previously that he was okay with having um, a trans contestants on the show or uh, something like that. I think somebody mentioned to me on um, Twitter um, and now he turned around and he said, says this. Uh, but I, I just thought the conversation was really interesting, and I, I had no idea that this was a thing with uh, with Ruth. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely thought it was extremely problematic, and it, you know, definitely erasure for sure. Uh, and then he tweeted that uh, thing where he c- compared it to being trans or transitioning to a, a, a drug or a sports enhancing drug. Yeah. But yeah, that was yeah. out of hand. That was just yeah, way out there. But yeah. It was it was interesting, yeah. Yeah, Rue since two thousand fourteen has been very problematic when it comes to trans issues. Um, back then, he fought to use the word tranny because if you remember, it was the issue of the whole shemale and all that being used in the show, and uh. then you know people called that to question, and then just kind of went. Rue kind of went on the deep end about everything and, and was about to die on the cross about using the word tranny saying that's something that you know he grew up with and everything else and I was like but that's not that's not you you're not trans you can't tell trans people how to feel about this word so how dare you even do that so you know Rue's been doing this for years now and, and not just with trans but also with with race and race comments as well Rue and I think um, we said this before, Nick, that Rue and a few other, you know, you know, older um, gentlemen, queer gentlemen of color, have come from that age where, you know, they it's been merit and shame and, and, and shame and darkness and everything to where they say some of these things that no longer exist or not really relevant to the current communities of today. Like Lee Daniels will say stuff that you just have to look at and be like, okay. And but they come from a different time. And I think Rue has you know, Rue is like what, in, in his fifties. And so yep. they are set in their ways when it comes to certain things. And evolution for them is a little tough to get to keep moving. And I feel like Rue has to be careful because that almost cost him, you know, everything at one point when he was just rambling and talking about how he's keeping the lights on and Logo, when Logo's owned by Viacom, and Viacom, you know, as I was told, secretly was saying, no, we're keeping the lights on, Rue. It's you who can be the bulb that will be replaced. So I'm just saying that um, Rue just has to, shouldn't know by now to keep his mouth shut when it's going to cause the type of problematic situations. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like to pl- he's learned it yet. To play... Uh, okay, on the flip side of this, mm-hmm. of people saying, oh, Rue needs to be canceled, yada yada this, yada yada that. I'm like, okay. Saying that 
she doesn't need some kind of reprimand for this, even though she did apologize. Are we going to cancel all the white gays that say problematic shit, or are we just going to let them slide by because of their whiteness? That's a good point, because how many times did that Lucian... What was that person? Lucian, Lucian yeah. Piani. Yeah, we haven't heard. We probably brought that person back up to light now. And he probably needs to be committed, and I say that yeah. not in a joking manner. Like, yeah, he has some issues. What's wrong with him? But Wait, he, what happened? Who's who's the person? Oh man, uh, Lucian Piani was a producer of a lot of Rouge, um, and he just went on this. I don't know what it was. This, he was calling um, Rue. She's the best kind of nigger. And now, mind you, he's a white guy. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, what? I don't know what's going on, but somebody needs to get her before somebody gets her. Yeah. Right. But yeah, he was very. Uh, something yeah, was seriously up with him. A lot. But you're, that's a good point. I think that it's interesting. That you know, people were calling for Rue to be dismissed, but when we have some of these white gays say things, you know, it's always like give them another chance, or they they can find another outlet to jump to to be accepted. Uh-huh. Like the, I think of when the you know the, the Milo's and the, the, that one guy who wrote about Milo, who was who found a new world over in the conservative, you know, the conservative um, radio and talk and what have you. It's interesting they always have a different outlet to run to, but that's not always the case for us. So that was uh-huh. interesting. That was interesting to see how people were doing that, but not doing it to other problematic white gays who've done worse. <laughs> in the- yeah, <coughs> and like I just want to know. I just want to make it known that there are a lot of not just trans drag queens, but there's a lot a trans not famous. There's a lot of famous trans drag queens, but there's a lot of local trans talent here in Lexington. Mm-hmm. Like, just because what you see... Now, how can I say this without being... sound like I'm a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. trans women can be drag queens too, but a trans woman doesn't equal a drag queen. They're not the same thing, if that makes sense. No, you know, uh, I'm sorry, what? No, sir, I see what you're saying. Like, oh, well, well, what do you mean by that? I'm confused. Okay, there's a few trans women down at my the club where my partners work mm-hmm. that are also drag queens. Now, a trans woman, woman doesn't equal that they are automatically a, tra- a drag queen. But a trans woman could be a drag queen. It's hmm. like all all apples are apples, but all apples are not. Oh, how, how does that analogy go? I, what I'm getting, what you're saying is, yes, that trans women can be tra- drag queens, and if you look at it more as a as a, are you looking at it more as a job situation where it's like I'm a drag queen because it does pay money. Or in the, but I just happen to be a trans woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my partner, he's a drag queen, but he's not a trans woman. Yeah. Okay. You know, and versus a trans woman doesn't need to. Isn't synonymous with being a drag queen. 
Okay. That's what you're saying. And it's just, I think a lot of people still don't know the the life of a trans person. You know, Mm. there's things that we can understand because we're both in a queer spectrum, but there are things that we can't understand, like being born in a different gender. You know, that's something we can't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think overall, what this is doing is have is it's having a conversation of us understanding the history of trans as well as the history of trans women in um, kind of the drag world, but also learning more about the drag world because um, I think it, I can't remember which of the performers said this, but they were saying that you cannot ignore the fact that trans women have always been kind of the forefront when it comes to drag and how drag has has grown throughout all these years. Um, you think about uh-huh. Stonewall, you think about some of those situations over our history that has always been kind of the backbone, like trans women has been always the backbone of drag. So we have uh-huh. to always keep that in mind as we move forward. Um, but also we need to know the history, which goes back to the whole thing of us we really need to know our history. That's very important for us to understand that. And because we never really understood our history, we get these comments from RuPaul and for other people who are not understanding how these two play similar roles or how they play um, in the overall development of what we have today. So that's why I feel like that this is a good time for us to really know our history. And for those who are listening and, and you know, if you find you know what we're saying a little bit different or odd or whatever please let us know because our goal is to make sure that we are uplifting everybody when it comes to this we want to uplift drag we also want to uplift the trans community when it comes to issues like this we we, i believe that yes if you are trans and you want to go you know go into this career that is fine that should not be anything that you should know what to tell you no so i feel like that you know we need to know more about our history we need to know more about the the situation before we have an opinion on this and I hope Rue is taking this opportunity to learn more before he ever speaks on this stuff again and I feel like maybe he's doing that now but it it should not go on for an entire weekend of him not apologizing and someone apologizing and then I guess apologizing to where he could just easily say I was wrong yeah yeah drag Cause you know I go up for drag. You know I've done drag. Yeah. Boyfriend's a drag yeah. queen. Been in drag for like eleven at eleven, twelve years. So drag is a T to me. Yeah. Um, and I feel like drag queens are, in some way or some form or fashion, are superheroes. You know because they have to. They turn into this person that you see on the stage, but you don't know, you know, the background. It's mm-hmm. like a Batman, but then you don't know the Bruce Wayne. Hmm. Hmm. So like, having these uh, dual identities, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes yeah. those identities can mesh. And so, like, if you're this sort of way in, like, the daytime and you're trying to hide it, you can bring that out on stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I want to be 
more provocative, more sexy, but on stage and I can do that versus sometimes I can't do that if I'm a, in my uh, boy life. Hmm. Yeah. It's a Jim and Jerrica situation. It is. It is very a, a Jim and Jerrica situation. Mm-hmm. Jim knows how to relax and have fun. And Jerrica's the little workaholic. Yeah. See, that's See, that's that Jim cartoon. <laughs> Rough fritz for y'all. Yeah. Jermaine, I don't know if you I don't know if you watch Jim or know about Jim, but no, I, you guys are in a front of a different. Co- I'm, I'm, I'm observing. I'm in just an observer in this conversation because I don't know like eighty, ninety percent of what you're talking about. <laughs> but, I, but I am learning something, so there's that. You got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> That's right. That is exactly right. Well, before we, I would go. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say um, there was a couple other things, but go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say. Um, if you want to support local talent, go to a drag show. Give them girls a dollar because you don't know how much that shit costs. It is expensive to do drag. Oh, I bet. So is Listen. it kind of like is it kind of like cosplay? Yeah. Oh, it's more. I would say more than cosplay yeah. because you have to get on stage. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. you're performing to just the the spotlight person and two people in the uh, audience. Okay. It's it's hell. Yeah. Oh goodness, you're making me sweat just thinking about it. I mean, there are. Uh, uh, I think they host a couple of uh, drag shows here uh, in my city. So, but yeah, it's definitely something that I'm interested in exploring more of. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Do we have anything else? There's a couple before of we pop- take a break. Yeah, before we take a break, there's a couple things that popped up. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but. Um, we heard that maybe, possibly, Kristen Wiig may be playing Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2. Um, that had mixed oh. reviews. <laughs> now, keep in mind, Kristen Wiig is an actress. And she's also um, well-versed in theater stuff as well. If y'all remember, she performed with Sia Chandelier, which I, I think was the Grammys that year. It was one year where we were like, Kristen Wiig? Like, doing all these dances and stuff? So she's known for this stuff. We just didn't see it. She's known for comedy. But that came out and they had a lot of mixed reviews. And what didn't have mixed reviews is the fact that Tom Cruise... <laughs> oh my goodness, I don't, I, um, No. Hell no. Tom Cruise... <laughs> Tom Cruise. No. <laughs> <laughs> there is a conversation to be had about this, this cold green lantern fiasco. I mean... Uh, I mean, for I think for Cheetah, um, I really have no opinion on that because I um, I've only seen uh, her um, her comedy, but that doesn't mean that she can't do drama. From what I hear, she can do drama, and a lot of you know comedic actors can do drama. From yeah. What I understand, doing comedy is pretty hard, so uh, sometimes that transition is a little easier, I guess, for some actor and actresses. Um, but. For Tom's Cruise, not Tom's Cruise, <laughs> for Grey Lantern, uh, first we had Tyrese, now we got a, you know, it's nothing has been confirmed to, it, they just said because the, the directors, or the, the director has worked with him in the past, it's, I, there's a chance that they might cast him as Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, so for one, uh, Dwayne McDuffie, back in like late 90s, early 2000s, I believe, Dwayne McDuffie, you know, he did his best to... 
uh, it was because of him that John Stewart was in the Greek Justice League and Justice League Unlimited series. Uh, I think, and, and Vixen too. Like pretty much, really, the the black characters were his doing because uh, they, you know, Warner Brothers DC didn't consider it. I guess for whatever whatever apparent reason, um, and. McDuffie was like, no, you can't have a team of, you know, a, a roster of all white heroes. You have to include, like, some black people in there, some people of color. Uh, and so J- John Stewart into the picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, John is uh, is is the Green Lantern for a, a generation of, of, of people, of, of fans. Yes. Uh, like, I grew up watching Justice League Animated Series, and that John was my Green Lantern. Uh, and then I found it extremely interesting that the first DC animated film uh, that was a Green Lantern film what featured Howard Jordan instead of uh, John Stewart. And even more so, the film itself, which obviously sucked and did terribly, uh, featured Howard Jordan as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically, you have this character who already had this platform built in the Justice League uh, cartoon. Uh, he already had a presence. He already had a brand established, but you decided to go with the other Green Lantern, uh, who didn't have as much fan service as the uh, as the other one. Um, in addition to that, John has never received, at least to my knowledge, uh, a, a solo title, uh, nothing of the sort. And so he's essentially been erased and undermined uh, ever since the Justice League cartoons. And so I said on Twitter, the way McDuffie is shaking his head, like, you know, I mean, he, he, he John, I'm sure he will be in the Green Lantern Corps movie, sure, uh, but I would prefer that um, uh, that he will be the main focus instead of Hal Jordan. And if you decide to have Hal Jordan, you don't even have to cast a white dude. You don't have to cast a white dude. There's nothing about Hal that tells me that he has to be white at all. You can, this can be an opportunity to cast an Asian actor, for example. Uh, and also, we could why not include instead of how include uh jessica cruz or cruz uh or uh simon um bass i think that's his last name but uh the the more recent green lantern so there's a way to include that diversity without centering another white dude uh, because the green lantern core uh i mean you're allowed to have all these different color aliens but when it comes to blind people suddenly it's a reach so yeah. let's fix that and what they could do if they want to play it safe is since um, Kyle Rayner is, I think he is Latino, um, or half Latino, they can play on that to some degree. But oh I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but I I do think that they they need to look at what's happening right now. I feel like you know, DC. This is DC. DC. Uh, DC should have been really, and who knows? They probably still thinking this through, but they really need to take an opportunity to really look at how to save their universe, their cinematic universe. So this is an opportunity for them to take the risk they need to take to make this happen. How Jordan, we don't really, I don't, mm, no. Don't need to bring him back. Don't need to bring him back. I, I don't want nothing either, to be honest. <laughs> I want my cheetah either Latina or black. Well, that could be... Now, if y'all if y'all see me, I have always referenced these certain comics from Wonder Woman. Um, go in the thirties and the forties. Um, I think they I think it's somewhere around those particular um, issues where she did discover her Egyptian, Black, African side of her sisters, but also that's where they, Cheetah was also there too. And in the comic, Cheetah 
the the plant god that they use is also a, is a, a, from an ethnic background. So we could go that route too, where it could be, um, you know, cheetah could be a person of color, could be they chosen queen, you know, or they chosen um, warrior, you know, to fight for what have you, and you know, it could be done so many different ways. So yeah, I agree, cheetah could be. Uh, I have some objections to that, only okay. for one reason, uh, well, a couple reasons, actually. If they decide to go with the woman of color for that role, yeah, uh, it would be the <laughs> the criticism for Wonder Woman, again, was that there were no women of color. Oh, okay. okay. So okay. in the next film, to have her as a villain, that would be a slap uh, Okay, I, I, okay I can so see that. I can I, see that. Unless you, you can do that, unless, but you have to make sure that you have women of color in other roles, not in other non-villain roles, and they have yeah. to have agency. Otherwise, you wouldn't have listened to the conversation. You wouldn't be reading the room. So let's not do that. Yeah. Uh, if that's going to be the case, if you're, if that's the only woman of color that's going to be in the movie, which I certainly hope that's not the case. But yeah. um, I mean, yeah. So let's yeah. I hope they I hope they reflect on that deeply. And speaking of Warner Brothers, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm exhausted. I used to. I used to uh, try to defend them. I used to, uh, you know, maybe there's hope, but now I, I just don't care as much as I used to anymore. I just, I don't. Um, and I, I see that they're making some moves. They recently hired two um, Asian uh, uh, individuals in leadership positions yeah. over these films, which is cool. I don't know that, what kind of fruit that would bear, but I guess we'll see. But honestly, I don't see of any way that, you know, there's to, of any way to save the DCEU. I just think y'all should just trash it and start over. Like, I just think y'all should just do that because I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm fed up, annoyed, all that other stuff that, you know, this is how things were handled, this is how things panned out, all because Warner Brothers uh, wanted to uh, money grab without yeah. thinking. They were, they wanted to be boastful and prideful. But I remember when they tried to go into Marvel's spot in Civil War in 2016, uh, they tried to move BBS oh, to yeah. that same day. Yeah. And they was thinking that was big and bad, you know, that was a new kid or the, the big the, the <laughs> big kid on the block. They were like, yeah. Marvel, your move. And then sure enough, Marvel did move. And they're like, you know what? My bad, but back up, I kind of overestimated you. I'm sorry. So they went back to their spot. And yeah. on top of that, they their film underwhelmed. I mean, it made money, but not as enough as, as much money as the Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman film should have made. Yeah. I mean, Black Panther's probably hit a one billion dollars, and you have them with all three of those characters in the same film, and then it's not going to make that money. I mean, that, that should tell you something. Yeah. Because uh, to me, that Warner Brothers had relied heavily on the iconography of characters, these characters, thinking that it was enough to get people interested in in and stay interested in these in their universe but that's obviously not the case uh there's just so much wrong with that what they're doing i don't know how they're going to fix it i mean i hope they do maybe there could be like a milestone universe or maybe there could be something like that um but i i hope they figure something out but Mm -hmm. uh but like i said for me i would just start over finish with what's happening right now you know, so everyone, so you don't like, you know, shorthand any of the directors or writers or people working on projects right now. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe bring it in some years later. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It's just, I don't see any way that they can fix yeah. the DCU. Even with Flashpoint, like, Oh, you know, God, don't. I'd don't, yeah. rather them do Crisis. I'd rather them do Crisis to where it comes, like, Crisis kind of start a new place. So if they want to do it that way, feel free. But, yeah, Flashpoint... As a comic, that was garbage. But 
Cause that was a struggle. That was a struggle bus for me. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, I can't. I can't. I just couldn't do it. And especially how they treated Wonder Woman in it. I was like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, there's a conversation to be had about that. Yes. By the way, Victor, I'm looking at your picture. You're uh, you're a slave. Like I'm just looking at it right now with the dress and the look. Just oh, um, oh. on your uh, your Google Hangout picture. Oh. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, yes, I yes. I started over <laughs> again because I kind of miss it, but I won't let it be that long again. That's a lot of hair. Okay, but thank <laughs> you though. I appreciate that. Uh, of course. Of oh, now course. I'm looking at it like, oh, my hair, my ponytail. <laughs> I was all about my ponytails, too. But anyway. But yeah, uh, so up next, they got like Aquaman coming out, and then they got Shazam. Mm. Uh, Did y'all see the costume? Robert, whatever you want to call it. Huh? Did y'all see the costume? That's out. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I thought it was it, it fit with the comic. I mean, of course, the costumes are different once they, you know, post-production. So yeah. I, I'm not going to, until I see it in a picture, picture, I'm not going to, I don't yeah. have any. Yeah, that's how I'm going to leave it. I'm going to be like, okay. Say. Um, so, um, cute. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to do my, they just don't do my Bay wrong in Aquaman. You know, they did the Momoa, I mean, I don't think he can act like that, but, uh, I hope the movie. <laughs> okay. Now, hope... now, you know, how we, huh? truthfully, we, we, we know. But... <laughs> we know, but we just. He looked good. He looked yeah. good. That's all that matters. I mean, who knows? James Wan might, you know, pull some magic. I mean, I mean we've seen directors work really well with actors who yeah. aren't, don't have the best range. So maybe that, this could be the thing. Uh, I, mean, I think one of the things that too that why DCEU has not been so uh, great is because they've hired uh, people on these lead roles who are not the best actors and actresses. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's <coughs> like God would would not have not have been my first choice for Wonder Woman. At all, uh, for a variety of reasons. Yes. Um, but Ben Affleck, same thing, variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, even though I, I thought to give him a chance, I didn't really have any feelings about Affleck prior to that. Same. Uh, to him being announced, because I didn't really see him in any, anything. But after seeing him in action, you know, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think people like people like Amy Adams, Ray Fisher, Henry Cavill. I think, mean, you know, to well, to an extent, they are like among the the best actors in DC right now. Um, and Ezra Miller too. Um, even though I haven't, I even haven't seen Justice League yet. I haven't seen that. I saw oh. clips on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and they were uh, something. Uh, <laughs> and that's really all I needed to see to confirm. <laughs> that I to be thankful that I did not see the movies in theater and waste my time. Um, so, yeah, just uh, <laughs> bless their hearts. I wonder about the gets, and I you, you hear the news too that they might actually sell DC. Uh, Ooh, Lord. Might, you, you know, know do, do something, huh? I don't even know. It's. It, it's, it's, it's hard because, you know, like it, Nick and I have said this so many times, we want them to win. And it we just, all do. But they it, don't want to win themselves no, to win. They're, just, like, they're too prideful, man. Uh, even they, there was this one article that came out like a little while ago that said uh, they didn't want to move certain dates. I think it was that Super War example. They didn't want to move that date because they had money on the line or they didn't want the, to look bad. 
uh, and they were so worried. They were so concerned about looks and things like that, but they sort of shoehorned Batman and Wonder Woman into what was supposed to be a Man of Steel sequel. Like you have these amazing roster of characters, uh, and you just decide to cast you. You continue to cast or to uh, utilize Zack Snyder as the guy to as the architect of of your universe. Like that was that was the first step. In Man of Steel. Um, <laughs> I I walked out of that film feeling like something was missing. Uh, it yeah. took me a while to process that I did not like it because I wanted to like it so badly yeah. so I convinced myself that I did like it. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't hate it like I did sort of BVS. But yeah. um, Man of Steel, they had a chance to go either left or right, right thing, you know, the right direction, left thing, the wrong, and they went totally left with BVS. And now they're trying to recover. Uh, and it's really hard, and you know, people are saying that Wonder Woman is the, the thing that saved the DCEU. I mean, maybe to y'all, but to me, no. It's still, you know, it was a, a shadow of what I believe Diana should be, or a film like that should represent. Yeah. Especially, especially after seeing a film, or seeing what Black Panther did, what, what it, you know, you know, it, what it was, what it, what it felt like. It just, I felt, you know, in Black Panther, I just. As soon as I saw Lupita or Nakia, like in this movie, be, you know, seen her like kick ass and like uh, in a hijab and you know saving these women from traffickers and mm-hmm. like all this melanin on the screen, it just took me like I had a really physical reaction. Yeah. It's just like, and I didn't really explain it uh, because I it's not only that I saw like a lot of melanin, like dark skin chocolate on, on on screen, but it was in the context of something really powerful. Yes. Uh, and that feeling stayed with me throughout the yes. entire film until it was over. And I cried with a friend. Like I walked down to, because uh, I took you know, kids to see the movie, yeah. uh, and and one of the teachers that was there as a chaperone. Uh, I've been you know working with her for a little while, so we know each other really well. And she was the first person I went down to after the movie because she told me that she said, "Jermaine, I might cry." And sure enough, after the movie was over, she was crying because she's like a middle-aged black woman who's never really seen something like this in her during her childhood and so she was crying and then she got up out of her chair and then we held each other we hugged each other for like a good like two minutes it was really warm really emotional and we both cried in each other's arms because we felt that yeah. um and i mean yeah it was amazing so and it's really hard now that black panther has been such a success like the bar is set even higher yeah i mean marvel already set the bar pretty high with their universe cinematic universe yeah. uh, but now black panther is setting it even higher yeah for uh, not just superhero films, but just films in general. Yeah. People are not going to demand, uh, they're not going to, um, they're going to continue to continue to demand more because we've seen what more can do yeah. for us through a film like Black Panther, yeah. through films like Get Out, through a film like uh, Moonlight. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. And what, and what I noticed, I think the success of Black Panther was the fact that that was a team producing and writing and directing. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Coogler was a part of the writing team. And I think, mm, he was, yep. and the thing with Wonder Woman was, these men already wrote it. <laughs> they just had, they put Patty to do it. So I give Patty more credit for doing, working with what she had. But I think in the future, Patty needs to call more of the shots to where she can say, I want to bring in a writing team, or I want to make sure that we have women on the writing team that's going to give us the Wonder Woman that we deserve. We, we, you can say that we got away 
with, you know, got away with it the first time. The second time, I don't think people will be so generous. So this is a time that I hope that they bring in maybe like, um, as Patty's doing this again, maybe bring in some people who have worked on Wonder Woman before. Bring in, you know, Gail Simone or bring in someone of color who has written comics before or someone of color who has written action before. Bring in, you know, bring in someone who can bring in a whole different perspective. Wonder Woman has a lot, a lot of stories, my God, that will be fun. Um, as we've talked about before, you can introduce Nubia. You can bring in the Amazons who did go to Egypt. You can bring in so much different things about her mythos. So I don't want a Russian story. That does not work. Hello, Red Sparrow. That doesn't work anymore. And this is not even the time to even do Russian stuff because... It's not the time. So this is the time to really make this sequel worth something. I mean, even, I think one of the recent articles, well, recent as in like a couple months ago, uh, said that Jeff Johns is back as a writer. I think it's the same writing team. Uh, Oh, no, Jeff Johns is back and Patty is co-writing with him. So Mm -hmm. I think that's okay, but there needs to be black women, there needs to be women of color on that team. Like, I I don't think I would be that interested in seeing Nubia unless there was a black woman writing her, especially since there's really not a lot of content to establish her, because the film will essentially be creating this, like a new character in a way uh, on on that, and I think a black woman should be uh, behind that entirely. So, you know, Roxanne Gay or campaign to write, you know, Black Girl, which is awesome. I, mean, I think it'd be interesting to have someone like her also writing Wonder Woman too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I have very complex feelings about that's the film itself, the, what the sequel will be, the actors and actresses involved, uh, and yeah, because <laughs> I don't want to start any words, but yeah. <laughs> So let's go ahead, because we've spilled a lot of tea today. Let's go ahead and clean these teacups up and come back with our King South edition. All right. Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. All right, and we are back in our King Size edition or issue today. We have Jermaine here to talk more about his projects and things that he's doing. Now, as I mentioned earlier, he has been working with his community and giving them a comic, a, a kind of a comic con within within this community and in, in the area. And also, he has did a very you know a powerful um, program where he got kids to come and see Black Panther and these amazing t-shirts that are out here that will also help the Comic-Con as well. So I'm going to let Jermaine really do better justice than what I just did to talk about his projects um, because I think this is very wonderful and this is very nice to have a man of color, especially a a queer man of color, leading these projects. So Jermaine, this is, please tell us what what have you been doing and what what really inspired you to start doing this stuff? Well... (laughs) 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 <laughs> um, so the uh, so the organization 
is called Hero Nation or mm-hmm. Hero Nation Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti is the city I live in, so the Hero Nation or the organization is uh, named after the city. Um, so, but it's Hero Nation. Uh, it's essentially a social movement and organization that celebrates superheroes and diversity with the mission to help everyone discover the hero within. And we do that through a series of inclusive programming and programs and events and uh, things that uplift the voices of marginalized people, you know, the LGBTQ community, people with disabilities, women. Um, and we also want to provide escapism because, you know, or events that allow, provide escapism because we want to make sure that everyone, you know, has a chance to just escape the harsh realities of the world. Uh, and so I started Hero Nation because I, of course, I'm a big superhero fan. I have been my, most of my life. Um, and two, I, as I got, I got more into social activism, I, I was looking for a way that I could give back to the world and in a way that, the best way I knew how. And I thought, well, what better way to do that than be superhero since I love them so much. And so uh, I told my friend, like in 2016, I was at a comic book shop and we were talking. Uh, see, yeah, I want to start a superhero movement, and I kept saying that. I kept saying that. I don't know what it would have looked like, you know, at that point. I just knew I wanted to do something. Um, at first, I was like, well, maybe I could do something like Batman versus Superman. Cause I was actually kind of excited about the movie at the time, but I'm glad I didn't do nothing for that. But um, <laughs> then later on, <laughs> I decided, well, let's do something else. Let's, maybe I can start something, something more original. Uh, and so I started working on this idea uh, where I wanted to. Uh, so let's maybe uh, do like a bikeathon, and maybe have it be like an annual thing where I would have people um, in like my community dressed up in superhero costumes and uh, ride bikes throughout the community, spreading joy and happiness, and just smiling and you know having a good time. And uh, that, that was okay, but it, it, you know when I thought about it further, I said, well, that's not big enough. Let's go even further than that. So uh, I you know, talked it over with a friend of mine who was helping me out with this idea at the time. Um, and uh, I said, well, let's do a Comic-Con. I've never done one before. I've only been to a, a, a couple, but I still want to do something for this community because I feel like there's a void here that I think we could definitely fill. And so uh, we got to work with Hero Nation uh, and um, I, you know, figuring out what I wanted it to be exactly. So uh, I remember um, I was kind of getting a little discouraged at one point. Uh, and then the election came about in November, because this is in 2016 still. So the fall of 2016, and the election came up, and those results came yeah. up after that. Uh, and I remember having this feeling of uh, absolute defeat for a moment, uh, and feeling as if I was powerless and that I could do nothing to help myself or those that I love because I felt our lives were very much in danger and that agency was just ripped from me in a way. And so I just I cried, I felt, I was angry, I had all these different feelings. Uh, I, was, I was scared. But then after thinking about it some more, going back to the idea of the superhero movement, I said, you know, what do superheroes do? when things get hard, when villainy is up on the rise. They don't cower, they don't hide, they they come out. And that's, that's where origin stories present themselves. That's where mm-hmm. heroes are born, when the, the great times of oppression, uh, like heroes rise from that. And so I decided to move forward with Hero Nation full on with like a new sort of found perspective, uh, feeling even more empowered. Because I said, I'm, I won't let this 
you know, silenced me. I, I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to remind people that there is hope, that you still have that power to bring forth change uh, in your communities and within yourself. And so, um, yeah, that moving forward, we did Hero Nation the Comic Con last year in September. Uh, it, it was widely successful because I, I didn't want to do like, just a Comic Con that was like, that I felt was like any other. One, I thought I wanted to do something that was, again, connected with social activism. So one thing I, that I kept in mind, too, while organizing it is making sure that it was accessible, not just for marginalized communities like of color or, or, you know, LGBTQ people, but uh, also low-income communities. So I wanted it to be free, and it was free. We had free toys. We had free comic books, uh, free school supplies. We had a free video game tournament. We gave away uh, a grand prize. It was a PlayStation 4. Uh, uh, we had uh, the the game that went with that was uh, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. Mm-hmm. We had like a monitor a monitor that went with that too, 19 inches. Second place was PlayStation Two or Three, uh, and then we had a whole bunch of other stuff too, like a panel. We had a movie screening. You know, it was absolutely amazing and it was a wild success. Uh, we got great feedback after that. So that happened, and I see it was awesome, and I felt sort of empowered and, and validated. Like people love this idea; they they want more of it. And so, I went back to work, uh, or after the day after the comic con, I tried to go straight into work, uh, and I shouldn't have done that because I, I poured so much of myself into this event mm-hmm. that uh, I you know it took a, a lot out of me. And so trying to go right to work after all of that, after like maybe about seven, uh, eight months of doing doing this nonstop, being up from like three o'clock in the morning to, to 10 o'clock, or it, I, do, I would be up until all ends of the night doing stuff, being poor, being broke, being hungry, starving, eating ramen noodles. I mean, I, I just, it was a miracle that it came about as it did, you know, hosting crowdfunding campaigns, doing marketing, uh, hustling here and there, doing workshops, uh, trying to raise funds for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thankfully, people were very supportive and everything worked out. Um, but after giving it some thought, I said, you know what, maybe we can e- make this even bigger than a just a Comic-Con. And so mm-hmm. uh, in comes the Black Panther idea where prior, even prior to the Comic-Con happening, uh, I want, I thought about doing the Black Panther screening, but I didn't want to focus on that until the, the con was over. And so I gave it a rest a little bit and then I looked into it after the con ended uh, and I eventually, you know, did looked, uh, got in contact with the movie theater. We, I got a quote from them. Everything worked out. They told me how much I needed to raise or that to, to have to pay for it. Uh, I got a final invoice. It was uh, $2,600. Um, that was on a Friday. And then they said, we're going to need that money by next, the following Wednesday. I said, excuse me. Um, <laughs> and they, I said, I don't know how I'm going to raise like that money in that amount of time. So that's when I went to Twitter to say, hey, you know, I need uh, to raise $3,000 to take kids my community to see Black Panther because, you know, continuing the, the mission of Hero Nation to help people discover the hero within, I thought Black Panther hosting a screening was the perfect opportunity to do just that. Uh, so we have a crowdfunding campaign. It was a success. We raised $3,000. Like we passed our goal like in under two hours. Uh, and within a week, we raised $10,000 and it mm-hmm. capped at $10,500, which was awesome. And so we didn't only have the chance to take the kids to see the movie and get free popcorn and drinks, uh, but we also had funds to put on an event. Um, like we had uh, performances by two African drum and dance groups, including including Kugana, African Drum and Dance Company, and Al Noor. 
uh, African dance troupe, which were the, I don't know if you saw the little girls dressed as the Domalaje. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's them. That's their group. They were phenomenal. They were amazing, so powerful. Um, and at that event, too, we also gave away, uh, like, goodie bags full, filled with um, black literature, black art, black content. Everything was black. Uh, I got donations from people. We had, you know, toys that were donated to us. Uh, I bought some toys. I bought cardboard cutouts to give away to. We had a Black Panther art book, book bags, and everything. So, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, I bought a custom Snapchat filter for the event too. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And uh, we had. Uh, I mean, if I, if I had the chance to, I would have loved to have like one of the, the guest stars come out too and just show up. But I was getting out of hand. But because uh, I have a tendency to think really broadly and big, you know, when I especially with stuff I'm passionate about yeah. so um, but <clears throat> the event itself was very successful we got tons of great feedback the kids loved the movie too we had like multiple news outlets there we had like two the day of the event we had another news outlet interview us the day before the event and uh, the same and that same uh, news outlet interviewed us like a week prior to that to sort of follow our progress mm-hmm. and they came out to follow up you know the day before the event uh, so we had a lot of press coverage and everything and uh, it was amazing so moving forward Hero Nation is going to continue to grow, and I'm going to uh, I'm working on turning it into a nonprofit. Uh, so this year will be spent on building programming uh, that will uh, in building programming in a foundation that will sort of set the tone of what Hero Nation is going to be moving forward. So Hero Nation is no longer just the Comic Con; uh-huh. it, it's uh, it's a movement, it's an organization that happens to include the Comic Con as one of their events. And so uh, I'm thinking of different ways. Uh, of, of how we could sort of um, uh, express our mission. So whether that be through a video game program or a publishing program where we're encouraging youth to uh, create their own superheroes and, and comic books, graphic novels, and we'll publish, publish them for them or um, or other means. Like I, I want to do the best I can uh, to make sure that, that people, to meet people where they are, so that they could feel empowered and emboldened by what it is we're doing because I you know I do believe that this sort of thing um, uh, cast the potential to save lives can help people mm-hmm. you know I grew up uh, questioning my blackness I grew up you know not liking the texture of my hair I grew mm-hmm. up not liking the color of my skin mm-hmm. I prayed every day I remember in middle school I said God please wake up can you give me this long softer hair like the lighter eyes lighter skin like when i pictured the best version of myself when i pictured the ultimate version of myself or the superhero version of myself it wasn't me as i see myself today mm-hmm. it was a, someone else who looked like racially ambiguous or looked like something else um because i was so affected by the expectations of what i was supposed to be or you know societal expectations of you know regarding white supremacy and all that i didn't know how to articulate that at the time mm-hmm. but looking back now i know exactly what it was and uh so you know now you know i want to give youth the chance to love them as they are and so that means embracing that hero that that power inside of you as it currently is and then celebrating that mm-hmm. so all of our events i want i want to be safe spaces for people to do just that whether they be through video games film screenings um uh or whatever but that's what hero nation is about mm-hmm. and i'm really excited to see where it's going to go moving forward and i just hearing that is 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 very touching in a lot of ways because i think about the kids and i think about 
the opportunity for them to see themselves as heroes, but also seeing someone of color making this happen for them is something that will, I believe, inspire them to do, you know, greater things as they grow up as well. <clears throat> and so I feel like the work that you have been doing is is wonderful and it is inspiring and is encouraging. It's full of integrity in a way that you're not doing this to be seen. You're doing this to really uplift the community. So I, I really hope you've taken time to realize the impact that you have um, on this community, but also the impact that you have for us as seeing us as, you know, queer person of color, queer black man making things happen, making dreams come true. You are doing things that I wish more of us would do. You know what I'm saying? It's it's selfless. And I and I really I really appreciate you, you know, for the work that you do because you don't what you're doing is just making so many changes, so many moves that is just really inspiring. So I I'm saying this from, you know, my heart that, that this is you're you're an inspiration out there. You are really making things happen. And, you know, you were talking about how, like, you know, there were times you were about money and starving and everything else. The fact that you still put this first is amazing. So I hope that you have taken the time to realize the power and impact and the magic that you have done, because this is amazing. And I hope this inspire other people to do something, to do something. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, like, um, I, I've discovered that um, <coughs> this is also, doing this is also allowing me to love myself more and more every day, too. Because mm-hmm. I realize uh, what my existence does to uh, how, how much it matters, not even just to myself, but to others as well. Yeah. Because I do realize just the, 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 the visualization of seeing, like, black people be present um, I know that comes with the responsibility, so I take that very seriously. So whenever I get the chance, I make sure that I say I'm both black and gay, even yeah. if it makes people uncomfortable. But I want to, you know, I want people, I want people to know that I'm very serious about, you know, embracing who I am, and, that, and by me saying those two things, which in some contexts may be considered contradictory, you know, I, I'm very, I, I want to have people to have that clarity to know that I am who I am, yeah, uh, and that you know, I, <laughs> I had a friend who. Uh, committed suicide because he was struggling with his sexuality and he was black as well. So I, t- I take all those things into consideration because, you know, I-, I think back to when I was younger, you know, and I it's all about that representation. To see someone that looks like you but also be sure of themselves and things like that, you know, that does something to you because you strive for that. Uh, and I'm not saying that I am perfect, that I am. There's so much more growth that I need to experience, but I do realize that having visibility even if you aren't doing organizing work, or whatever, it comes with a responsibility. That's just like being a parent, being a mentor, you know, just essentially being present in certain spaces. You've been alive is a statement on its own. And then when you are alive and you exist as a black gay man and you are, you put yourself in front of, in, in the leadership position, mm-hmm. you have to take that extremely seriously. You, you can't, uh, you have to be, learn how to be humble. You have to learn how to be selfless. You also have to learn how to, to, to uh, perpetually listen. Um, because and realize that as you are trying to help people, 
you know, it's not about you. It's not always about you. Of course, I have my own issues that are feelings that I have to take into consideration. But when I'm doing this work, I always do my best to uh, put others forward as well, uh, especially the younger voices, because, mm-hmm. you know, the town that I live in, hearing the stories that some of these uh, youth are going through, whether it be homelessness, whether it be, you know, hardships at home or even in school, like, I feel like I have to show up for them. I have to. I have to be present for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, because I felt, I know, um, you know, that's why people say that, well, we need more black teachers in schools or black male teachers in schools. We need more, you know, we need more of that representation. Uh, and so I, 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 as I move forward, I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to continue to listen and try to be the best person that I can be while still learning every single day uh, to love myself in new ways that I didn't know about the day before um because i thought you know obviously when you learn how to love yourself more you, people can see that you know you people are um that you you feel more authentic and genuine uh and so that's a process that i'm, I'm trying to endure every day because i don't I me mean, i don't like centering myself i don't like being the, the center of attention in regards to, to certain things like i you know i received an uh, an award uh, recently and i'm truly thankful for that uh, but even as I was received, as I got it, uh, it was in honor of someone else uh, who recently passed away. And as people were talking about this person, you know, they were crying. And it hit me how serious this is now. Like, you mm-hmm. know, this responsibility is. Um, and so, yeah, I, I take what I do extremely seriously uh, because I, I genuinely care. Uh, and I do whatever opportunity I have, I do the best I can to make sure that I am, I don't put myself, you know, front and center, even though I realize that with your nation, for example, like I have to be the face of it because, you know, it is primarily me doing this right now. Um, and with something new like this, people, it, it, you know, people normally respond better if, it, if they can personalize it in a certain way. So, um, but yeah, I, I do take that extremely seriously. What is one of the the biggest things you have learned about yourself as far as this whole Hero Nation development has gone on and will go on? I learned that I am strong. I learned what my what my new weaknesses are. I have gone through lots of depression. I learned have gone through a lot of sadness and these really hard times because I'm going to be extremely transparent because I, again that's what I believe. You know, being honest with you, that it's it's not easy. You know, giving yourself to something like this or trying to help people, uh, because you're you're essentially making yourself seen and vulnerable in a lot of ways, and uh, it it has a physical reaction. So I've gone through a lot of depression, uh, and it's you know it's it's been hard. But on the positive side, I've I've been tested and I've been tried, and through those tests and you know those trials i at the end of that i i see what i can do uh and i see what i what i need to work on and absorbing that entire experience has allowed me to be a better person has allowed me to grow even more uh and it's it has humbled me as well because it tells me what i need help with and learning how to ask for help and it tells me what areas that i could uh, improve upon so uh i think that's basically uh, sums that up pretty much <laughs> <laughs> let's see uh, Victor well I mean I just I think like I got so much <laughs> from this but I will ask this so you are an artist 
Yes. And your art is great. How will you continue doing your artwork um, while building this, this, I don't want to call it like an empire, but in some ways, kind of, you know, in, in that sense, in that realm, how will you continue? Yeah. How will you continue your artwork? How will you continue giving us more of some of the, the great work that you, that you do when it comes to your art? And that's been a challenge too, figuring out how to balance <coughs> personal brand with Hero Nation. Because uh, I'm working on a children's book right now too. My first one, I'm, I'm not writing, I'm illustrating it. And uh-huh. the author is amazing. She's, you know, it's, it's called Over a Motown. Uh, it'll be out. Uh, we're striving for some time this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been working on this for a while. Um, then I got other projects too. But yeah, it's been a challenge trying to figure out how to balance my personal brand with Hero Nation. Uh, but, and I'm still trying to figure that out. Because I do want, I do love to draw. Uh-huh. I do love to do create stuff that I want to create. Like I have worlds in my head that I would love to get on the page um, to work on. But I also want to do more with your nation as well. Uh, and I think that comes with me getting more help and support. So I'm really working hard to make sure I build up a team around me. Uh-huh. You know, so I don't have to do a lot of this stuff on my own. Because mm-hmm. uh, I shouldn't have to. And I'm not going to do it again. Because I did it last year and I suffered greatly yeah. for it. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be much smarter this time. So by me getting support, uh, that will give me more time to do things I need to do for myself. Yeah. And so maybe that be, that could be more shuri uh, art or fanfics or whatever. Uh, cause I have a lot of interesting ideas that mm-hmm. I think you know people will, you know will be interested in seeing. So, but yeah, I'm trying. It's a it's trial and error right now, but mm-hmm. it's definitely one of my goals to have a, a better balance between my personal brand and, and what I'm doing with your nation. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you de-stress from all of the the hecticness that it's getting Hero Nation together, and all of the when you were campaigning to get Black Panther uh, funded? Now, how did you de-stress from that? Because I I believe that you know everybody should have some kind of form of re- relaxation and to get away from everything. So, how did you cope with that? Absolutely. I mean, one thing I do is draw. Uh, of course, Netflix, Hulu, you know, I eat, hey, you know. Hey. <laughs> I mean, let's be weird, though. <laughs> at heart. But uh, I also, <laughs> you know, I always post sometimes, like, these random dance videos of me on, on, on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, Instagram. Yeah. Right? Because that's what I've always done. Since I was a boy... Uh, whenever I was stressed out or whenever I had, you know, I was in a state of sadness or whatever, my coping mechanism would be to dance to random music or to music that I love, like Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, C.C. Yeah. Peniston, uh, and I would just be silly and allow myself to escape. Uh, and I would do that in my in the privacy of my own room, my own space. Like I would give a performance for this pretend audience, pretending that I am on stage and just having a good dressing up and having a good time. Like this was just my, that was my safe space for yeah. me to, to release all this energy that was built up inside of me. Uh, and so me doing that and posting those videos on Twitter, like it's more than just me being silly. It's me like inviting everyone into my personal space and to that experience. Cause that's what it is for me. Whenever I post these videos, whenever I act silly, uh, whenever, or sometimes when I accelerate or post those videos, it's because I am releasing stress and I want to invite you in and I want to share my joy with you because I am, I'm getting that joy by having this experience. And so I would love to share it with all of you. And so that's why I like to share those moments. But I do that. And so draw, Netflix, eat, 
Uh, and then like dancing, <laughs> like to random music, or I, you know, or sometimes uh, like when I was in high school too, because I do music as well. Uh, I would play piano and just do music for hours. I don't do, I don't play as much as I used to anymore because I'm mostly drawing or doing other stuff. Uh, but that w- w- would also be another way that I would, uh, I would uh, sort of de- decompress or de-stress myself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see the performance. I see you yeah, a little I drag queen for, uh, right before I little us. <laughs> you wear a little makeup, some heels. Yeah, I noticed that. And I love that you wear like a towel on your head. Yeah, you wear and you wear a towel on your head. Like I used to do that when I was little back when I used to try to spin as Wonder Woman with the towel that never worked. But until I discovered my mama's wig. But besides that, yeah, I used it's it's funny to see stuff like that because it, it it reminds us all that we you know in some ways we 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 kind of share some of this you know when it comes to like how we distress how we kind of get carried away how we enjoy ourselves and then eventually love ourselves so I, when i see your videos i'm like oh my god i remember i used to do that and all that stuff and <laughs> i mean yeah just everything <coughs> i think half those moments like just twerk if you even don't have a booty swear you twerk uh, your back twerk <laughs> your neck i mean just you twerk whatever twerk. you got with girl twerk your neck <laughs> Do you make up, do y'all make up songs sometimes? Yeah, you know the lyrics is to, to songs that exist. Yeah. Like, you just make up your own lyrics. Like, I, you know? I, oh, I was singing karaoke. And, <laughs> you know, like, I was singing um, Faith Evans. Um, if I had one wish. Well, what, what song is that? Uh, oh. I Never Let You Go. Faith Evans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. My jam. Uh, also, Monica... Before you walk out of my life, that's yeah, season, yeah. that Monica, yeah. Oh, that you got personal history with that. <laughs> <laughs> that first thirty seconds of "Before You Walk Out of My Life" just tears mm. me down. Mm, yeah. See, here we go. Say it. You know, Monica, <laughs> as a Monica stand that I am, I her music. <laughs> that first I'm album was cute. <laughs> that huh? No, that first album was cute. That first album of hers. Gave so much. I mean, pretty much. I like all her albums, regardless of how well it does. But you know, I stand for that song, Angel. Um, some oh, yeah. all just all types yeah. of she was doing. <laughs> like this and like that. Yeah, like this and like that. Um, I wanna move along. Yeah, that was a cute video too. But yeah, it's it's funny how, or like if I'm in the car, I would just get carried away. And really be feeling something like I'm like I'm really feeling this, and nobody else might not even feel it but me. But yeah, I, I get that. I love that about us. I love that we can just keep carried away, and music. Oh, we can and... escape it in our own culture. And yeah, music. like I'm listening to SWV, then I jump over here to Boys to Men, then I jump over here to uh, uh, Bobby Brown, then I jump over here to Yeah. Um, I mean, like uh, uh, Brownstone. I mean, just yeah. every I soak it all in, and it feels so good to escape. In our culture, and I realized that that's what I've been doing for my entire life. Yes, I, yes. You know, in the realms of blackness, I feel safe in this space. So I've yeah. created my own Wakanda throughout my entire life by just surrounding <laughs> myself with black art, black culture, yeah. uh, where I didn't get that sort of representation or that escapism when, when I felt in comic books, or, for example, when I was growing up. So yeah. I found it elsewhere, like music and art. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah or sitcoms, like I'm watching Family Matters right now. <laughs> I just finished just, just single, and I'm sad about that, but. Yeah. You know, Move it on, move it on. Uh, I just finished the episode where um, 
Max and Kyle actually finally broke up when they were at the uh, Brian McKnight concert. Oh, they're gonna be okay. They're gonna be okay. Oh man, that, 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 I don't know why that hurt. I'm like, they're gonna be okay. I mean, they're yeah. a beautiful couple. Like, like Kyle, mm, I'm just saying. Yeah, um, I uh, Kyle. Just, Chocolate, yeah. Delicious. Um. <laughs> but but no, I get that. I get that being upset right. because I was upset, and I've said this many times on Twitter. I'll never forget when I bought that comic, that when Forge left Storm, and how I literally was. I was in college, walking around mad, comic in my hand, a teacher looking at me like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "You don't understand. You wouldn't. Have, I was thinking you wouldn't understand." And I actually pointed to the pages, so you see what happened right here. He was like, okay. But uh, he didn't understand it. But I totally get those moments where you just like, as you was a, you, you watch it on TV, like that was my moment when I read that particular comic. I was pissed. I was mad. Mm-hmm. Mad at people who broke up with me and I didn't even break up with. You know, like, people I'm not even with, I'm like mad at them. I'm like, there's just too much going on with that. But yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we, we try to project ourselves in certain stories and things like that. I mean, it's really interesting how that works yeah. out, but it just shows you how we're all like connected and you know, all that other stuff. And yeah, yeah. Like, living single, like Max, she was like a, probably my favorite character. Uh, like I just, like I remember when I watched uh, A Different World for the first time, like even as much as it, as it like is out of, it just sort of displaced now because it's not the 80s or 90s anymore. Yeah. Uh, it still felt relevant. Like I still connected with the characters. It yeah. felt sort of timeless to an extent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like just seeing it, yeah, it was a great experience for sure. Yeah. Wow. Well, goodness, we can just keep going on and on, but we know that people have other things to do, <laughs> but, oh, wow. This was a great conversation. A very good conversation. I'm glad that we had you here today, Jermaine, just to talk about everything I that we talked thankful about. thankful for being here or been invited, so thank y'all for having me. No problem. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media. <laughs> 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 well, you can find me on... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, Jermaine Design. Uh, I also have a website, at, which is jermainedesign.com. Uh, you can also follow Hero Nation at Hero Nation Ipsy, that's Y-P-S-I, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can, for if you want to learn more about what Hero Nation is, you can visit HeroNationIpsy.com. So Hero Nation is, Hero Nation Ipsy is pretty much everything on all social media platforms and on the website. It's, it's everything is Hero Nation Ipsy. And also, uh, I am currently, uh, uh, we have Cherry art prints that are available for pre-sale. Uh, and if you donate twenty dollars to Hero Nation, you'll get a print. We have two to choose from, um, and all your donations and contributions will go towards programming and events uh, and things that we'll be working on uh, for this year and next year. Because next year we're going to have our second Comic Con, which is going to be sometime in the fall. It's still in the works, uh, but yeah, if, if you can donate twenty dollars, uh, we'll uh, your contribution again will go towards any of those initiatives, and we'll be extremely thankful for your support all right that is so awesome yep and per usual you can follow us on twitter i'm at porter pizzazz victor's at wonderman 5 the podcast is at magazine pod you can like subscribe comment on the podcast on itunes soundcloud google play stitcher we're on facebook at the magazine 
also on Instagram at the Megasheen. Go to our brand new spanking website at megasheenpod.com. Read some articles. There's more to come on the on the website. If you want us to answer a question on the air, uh, anything, business opportunities, you just want to give us your mama's recipe for her sweet potato <laughs> pie, email us at megasheen6 at gmail.com. And don't forget... Universal Fan Con. Listen. Let's yeah, right approach around oh, the corner. Oh, bell's on. Woo! Yes! Yeah. Yeah. For the first time. What's yeah. up? Yeah. I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, wait. Is, it, is there like a meeting spot? Are we meeting? Oh, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, we're going to, like, what's going on with that? Okay, we will talk about logistics because yeah. there's stuff going on all the time. It's like I said, it's a twenty four seven con, so Absolutely. Okay. Okay. No, Wait, is it twenty four seven what? Oh yes, ma'am. What? Oh wow. Okay. So get your sleep in before because yes. you know it's going down. Twenty four seven. I'm already tired. I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an omniverse. I'm drink all types of energy <laughs> drinks. I don't know. It's wow. Get, get your coffee, get your Red Bull, get I don't know what you, you new fango kids do to get your energy up, but <laughs> and get it up and get it right because it's okay. down in Baltimore. Okay, mm-hmm. are you y'all familiar with the area? Because I've never been in. Yeah, I'm I'm in the area right now. Um, so oh, you live there? No, I'm I'm here on work. I travel a lot, so I am in the area right now. This is a working gal. I am. <laughs> It's not kind of bougie. Wait a minute. <laughs> um, you got money? <laughs> well. <coughs> what you say? Um, but anyway, the point is, we are. No, I, I'll say this. I, I, I can't complain, but I do. I live in Los Angeles. So, but at the same time, okay, I'm in the area. It, you know, I'm excited when we went to Baltimore. Girl, I wish I lived in Calabasas. No, I live. Please, <laughs> but um, no, I'm in the area, and I, we went through Baltimore the other day, and I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be back here very soon. So, yeah, it's it's very exciting to know that Universal FanCon is coming around the corner. We'll get to meet a lot of y'all, and hopefully, y'all get together. I hope there's a queer meetup because. It might be, you know, you never know. That's what I'm about to say because. So remember when I was talking about like, you know, pretending to be dancing and stuff or, you know, dancing in front of people. So I imagine, like I've played this scenario in my head like like multiple times. Like I imagine like us all getting together and doing like a Soul Train line while dancing to Formation. Like, like, (laughs) I don't know. Can we make this happen? Can we make this like a real thing? You know, you know what? I'm going to write that down. Because it let's could be like yes. karaoke, social line. Let's just—I don't know. Get a bunch of bed sheets and towels and just wrap up and just spin around and win machines hey, and okay, next another layer. I'm here for that. Right. Just, <laughs> Come on, concept. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, no, no shame. But you, if you give gays a wind machine and, <laughs> and some capes or some sheets or something, we will sit here. Come on. Yeah, we'll give you all types of videos of every song we ever wanted to do in our entire lives. I guarantee. I am ready. ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna bring my snuggie just in case. I'm bringing Fashion, darling. I I am bringing Fashion. I am bringing 
<laughs> Y'all think I'm playing? Shoot. Well, you, got, uh, you know, well, be careful because you know it's forty. Okay. Well, if it passed forty-five pounds, it's gonna be costing money. So you might have to <laughs> listen. <laughs> Shoot, I'm gonna hit you with the what? Fashion. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, guys, Universal FanCon is going down April 27th through the 29th in Baltimore. Get your tickets at mm -hmm. UniversalFanCon.com. You can use the offer code SheenTheCon to save some money. You've seen all of our posts, and there's more to come, I guarantee you. Yes. A lot to come. Anything else before we get up out of here? No, this has been enlightening and fun today, so I am refreshed. And since I'm on the East Coast, it is, ooh, it's 8.30. So I'm about to get something to eat. <laughs> I got my chakras in line, and you know I'm about to have a glass of wine. <laughs> I'm about to just draw. Y'all got all the wine. You got caviar. I'm just saying, you said caviar. You said caviar. You know what? Everybody, I'm learning this, but everybody on Twitter thinks that I'm bougie. And somebody said, I I asked, I said, you think I'm bougie? And they said, well, you got that light skin. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hurt. It's pretty much implied, you know. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Light skin, light eyes. But that's okay. I'm a little. I am a little bougie. I'm not gonna lie about that. I am. I am. Mm. But I'm also a southern. Squinting selfies too. Uh, you, you do that? Who? No, I have seen you do the squinting selfie. The light skin selfie. The what? The light skin. Who? Selfie. And, and, and the pouting a bit. You know, I've seen that from you. Who did? Who did that? <laughs> oh, see, you know what? Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>